Question 58, Part 1 of Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues The Virtue of Justice This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues the Virtue of Justice, by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 58 of Justice in Twelve Articles, Part 1, Articles 1 through 6. We must now consider justice. Under this head there are twelve points of inquiry. First, what is justice? Second, whether justice is always towards another. Third, whether it is a virtue. Fourth, whether it is in the will as its subject. Fifth, whether it is a general virtue. Sixth, whether as a general virtue it is essentially the same as every virtue. Seventh, whether there is a particular justice. Eighth, whether particular justice has a matter of its own. Ninth, whether it is about passions or about operations only. Tenth, whether the mean of justice is the real mean. Eleventh, whether the act of justice is to render to everyone his own. Twelfth, whether justice is the chief of the moral virtues. First article, whether justice is fittingly defined as being the perpetual and constant will to render to each one his right. Objection 1. It would seem that lawyers have unfittingly defined justice as being the perpetual and constant will to render to each one his right. For, according to the philosopher in Ethics 5.1, justice is a habit which makes a man capable of doing what is just, and of being just in action and in attention. Now, will denotes a power, or also an act. Therefore, justice is unfittingly defined as being a will. Objection to, further, rectitude of the will is not the will. Else, if the will were its own rectitude, it would follow that no will is unrighteous. Yet, according to Anselm in On Truth 12, justice is rectitude. Therefore, justice is not the will. Objection 3. Further, no will is perpetual save God's. If therefore justice is a perpetual will, in God alone will there be justice. Objection 4. Further, whatever is perpetual is constant, since it is unchangeable. Therefore, it is needless in defining justice to say that it is both perpetual and constant. Objection 5. Further, it belongs to the sovereign to give each one his own right. Therefore, if justice gives each one his right, 
it follows that it is in none but the sovereign, which is absurd. Objection 6. Further, Augustine says in On the Morals of the Catholic Church and On the Morals of the Manichaeans, 15, that Justice is love serving God alone. Therefore, it does not render to each one his right. I answer that. The aforesaid definition of justice is fitting, if understood aright. For since every virtue is a habit that is the principle of a good act, a virtue must needs be defined by means of the good act bearing on the matter proper to that virtue. Now the proper matter of justice consists of those things that belong to our intercourse with other men, as shall be shown further on in Article 2. Hence the act of justice in relation to its proper matter and object is indicated in the words, rendering to each one his right, since, as Isidore says in his Etymologies 10, a man is said to be just because he respects the rights of others, where rights, in Latin, is use, the root of justice. Translator's note. Now in order that an act bearing upon any matter whatever be virtuous, it requires to be voluntary, stable, and firm, because the philosopher says in Ethics 2.4 that in order for an act to be virtuous, it needs first of all to be done knowingly, secondly to be done by choice, and for a due end, thirdly to be done immovably. Now the first of these is included in the second since what is done through ignorance is involuntary, according to Ethics 3.1. Hence the definition of justice mentions first the will in order to show that the act of justice must be voluntary, and mention is made afterwards of its constancy and perpetuity in order to indicate the firmness of the act. Accordingly, this is a complete definition of justice, save that the act is mentioned instead of the habit, which takes its species from that act, because habit implies relation to act. And if anyone would reduce it to the proper form of a definition, he might say that justice is a habit whereby a man renders to each one his due by a constant and perpetual will. And this is about the same definition as that given by the philosopher in Ethics 5.5, who says that justice is a habit whereby a man is said to be capable of doing just actions in accordance with his choice. Reply to Objection 1. Will here denotes the act, not the power, and it is customary among writers to define habits by their acts. Thus Augustine says, in his commentary on the Gospel of John, tract 40, that faith is to believe what one sees not. Reply to Objection 2. Justice is the same as rectitude, not essentially, but causally, for it is a habit which rectifies the deed and the will. Reply to Objection 3. The will may be called perpetual in two ways. 
first, on the part of the will's act, which endures forever, and thus God's will alone is perpetual. Secondly, on the part of the subject, because, to wit, a man wills to do a certain thing always, and this is a necessary condition of justice. For it does not satisfy the conditions of justice that one wish to observe justice in some particular matter for the time being, because one could scarcely find a man willing to act unjustly in every case. And it is requisite that one should have the will to observe justice at all times and in all cases. Reply to Objection 4. Since perpetual does not imply perpetuity of the act of the will, it is not superfluous to add constant. For while the perpetual will denotes the purpose of observing justice always, constant signifies a firm perseverance in this purpose. Reply to Objection 5. A judge renders to each one what belongs to him by way of command and direction, because a judge is the personification of justice, and the sovereign is its guardian, according to Ethics 5.4. On the other hand, the subjects render to each one what belongs to him by way of execution. Reply to Objection 6. Just as love of God includes love of our neighbor, as stated above in question 25, article 1, so too the service of God includes rendering to each one his due. Second article, whether justice is always towards another. Objection 1. It would seem that justice is not always towards another. For the Apostle says in Romans 3.22 that the justice of God is by faith of Jesus Christ. Now faith does not concern the dealings of one man with another. Neither, therefore, does justice. Objection to, further, according to Augustine, in On the Morals of the Catholic Church and On the Morals of the Manichaeans, 15, it belongs to justice that man should direct to the service of God his authority over the things that are subject to him. Now the sensitive appetite is subject to man, according to Genesis 4-7, where it is written, The lust thereof, notably of sin, shall be under thee, and thou shalt have dominion over it. Therefore it belongs to justice to have dominion over one's own appetite, so that justice is towards oneself. Objection 3. Further, the justice of God is eternal, but nothing else is co-eternal with God. Therefore, justice is not essentially towards another. Objection 4. Further, man's dealings with himself need to be rectified no less than his dealings with another. Now man's dealings are rectified by justice, according to Proverbs 11.5. The justice of the upright shall make his way prosperous. Therefore, justice is about our dealings not only with others, but also with ourselves. On the contrary, 
Tully says in On Duties 1.7 that the object of justice is to keep men together in society and mutual intercourse. Now this implies relationship of one man to another. Therefore, justice is concerned only about our dealings with others. I answer that, as stated above in question 57, article 1. Since justice by its name implies equality, it denotes essentially relation to another. For a thing is equal not to itself, but to another. And forasmuch as it belongs to justice to rectify human acts, as stated above in question 57, article 1, as well as in the pars prima secundae, question 113, article 1, this otherness which justice demands must needs be between beings capable of action. Now actions belong to supposites. Confer pars prima, question 29, article 2. And wholes, and, properly speaking, not to parts and forms or powers, for we do not say properly that the hand strikes, but a man with his hand, nor that heat makes a thing hot, but fire by heat, although such expressions may be employed metaphorically. Hence, justice, properly speaking, demands a distinction of supposites, and consequently is only in one man towards another. Nevertheless, in one and the same man, we may speak metaphorically of his various principles of actions, such as the reason, the irascible, and the concupiscible, as though they were so many agents, so that metaphorically in one and the same man there is said to be justice in so far as the reason commands the irascible and concupiscible, and these obey reason, and in general in so far as to each part of man is ascribed what is becoming to it. Hence the philosopher, in Ethics 5.11, calls this metaphorical justice. Reply to Objection 1. The justice which faith works in us is that whereby the ungodly is justified. It consists in the due coordination of the parts of the soul, as stated above, in the Bars Prima Secundae, question 113, article 1, where we were treating of the justification of the ungodly. Now this belongs to metaphorical justice, which may be found even in a man who lives all by himself. This suffices for the reply to the second objection. Reply to Objection 3. God's justice is from eternity in respect of the eternal will and purpose, and it is chiefly in this that justice consists. Although it is not eternal as regards its effect, since nothing is co-eternal with God. Reply to Objection 4. Man's dealings with himself are sufficiently rectified by the rectification of the passions by the other moral virtues. But his dealings with others need a special rectification, not only in relation to the agent, but also in relation to the person to whom they are directed. Hence, about such dealings there is a special virtue, and this is justice. 
Third article, whether justice is a virtue. Objection 1. It would seem that justice is not a virtue. For it is written in Luke 17.10, When you have done all these things that are commanded you, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which we ought to do. Now, it is not unprofitable to do a virtuous deed. For Ambrose says in On the Duties of the Clergy 2.6, We look to a profit that is estimated not by pecuniary gain, but by the acquisition of godliness. Therefore, to do what one ought to do is not a virtuous deed, and yet it is an act of justice. Therefore, justice is not a virtue. Objection to further, that which is done of necessity is not meritorious. But to render to a man what belongs to him, as justice requires, is of necessity. Therefore, it is not meritorious. Yet, it is by virtuous actions that we gain merit. Therefore, justice is not a virtue. Objection 3. Further, every moral virtue is about matters of action. Now those things which are wrought externally are not things concerning behavior, but concerning handicraft, according to the philosopher in Metaphysics 9. Therefore, since it belongs to justice to produce externally a deed that is just in itself, it seems that justice is not a moral virtue. On the contrary, Gregory says in his commentary on Job, 249 that the entire structure of good works is built on four virtues notably temperance prudence fortitude and justice i answer that a human virtue is one which renders a human act and man himself good according to ethics 2 6 and this can be applied to justice for a man's act is made good through attaining the rule of reason, which is the rule whereby human acts are regulated. Hence, since justice regulates human operations, it is evident that it renders man's operations good, and, as Tully declares in On Duties 1.7, good men are so called chiefly from their justice. Wherefore, as he says again, the luster of virtue appears above all in justice. Reply to Objection 1. When a man does what he ought, he brings no gain to the person to whom he does what he ought, but only abstains from doing him a harm. He does, however, profit himself, insofar as he does what he ought, spontaneously and readily, and this is to act virtuously. Hence it is written in Wisdom 8.7 that divine wisdom teacheth temperance and prudence and justice and fortitude, which are such things as men, that is, virtuous men, can have nothing more profitable in life. Reply to Objection 2. Necessity is twofold. 
one arises from constraint, and this removes merit, since it runs counter to the will. The other arises from the obligation of a command, or from the necessity of obtaining an end, when, to wit, a man is unable to achieve the end of virtue without doing some particular thing. The latter necessity does not remove merit, when a man does voluntarily that which is necessary in this way. It does, however, exclude the credit of supererogation, according to 1 Corinthians 9.16. If I preach the gospel, it is no glory to me, for a necessity lieth upon me. Reply to Objection 3. Justice is concerned about external things, not by making them, which pertains to art, but by using them in our dealings with other men. Fourth article, whether justice is in the will as its subject. Objection 1. It would seem that justice is not in the will as its subject. For justice is sometimes called truth. But truth is not in the will, but in the intellect. Therefore, justice is not in the will as its subject. Objection 2. Further, justice is about our dealings with others. Now it belongs to the reason to direct one thing in relation to another. Therefore, justice is not in the will as its subject, but in the reason. Objection 3. Further, justice is not an intellectual virtue, since it is not directed to knowledge, wherefore it follows that it is a moral virtue. Now the subject of moral virtue is the faculty which is rational by participation, notably the irascible and the concupiscible, as the philosopher declares in Ethics one thirteen. Therefore, justice is not in the will as its subject, but in the irascible and concupiscible. On the contrary, Anselm says in On Truth 12 that justice is rectitude of the will observed for its own sake. I answer that the subject of a virtue is the power whose act that virtue aims at rectifying. Now justice does not aim at directing an act of the cognitive power, for we are not said to be just through knowing something right. Hence, the subject of justice is not the intellect or reason, which is a cognitive power. But since we are said to be just through doing something aright, and because the proximate principle of action is the appetitive power, Justice must needs be in some appetitive power as its subject. Now the appetite is twofold, namely, the will, which is in the reason, and the sensitive appetite, which follows on sensitive apprehension, and is divided into the irascible and the concubusible, as stated in the first part, question 81, article 2. Again, the act of rendering his due to each man cannot proceed from the sensitive appetite, because sensitive apprehension does not go so far as to be able to consider the relation of one thing to another, 
but this is proper to the reason. Therefore, justice cannot be in the irascible or concupiscible as its subject, but only in the will. Hence the philosopher, in Ethics 5.1, defines justice by an act of the will, as may be seen above in Article 1. Reply to Objection 1. Since the will is the rational appetite, when the rectitude of the reason, which is called truth, is imprinted on the will on account of its nighness to the reason, this imprint retains the name of truth, and hence it is that justice sometimes goes by the name of truth. Reply to Objection 2. The will is born towards its object consequently on the apprehension of reason. Wherefore, since the reason directs one thing in relation to another, the will can will one thing in relation to another, and this belongs to justice. Reply to Objection 3. Not only the irascible and concupiscible parts are rational by participation, but the entire appetitive faculty, as stated in Ethics one thirteen, because all appetite is subject to reason. Now the will is contained in the appetitive faculty, wherefore it can be the subject of moral virtue. Fifth article, whether justice is a general virtue. Objection 1. It would seem that justice is not a general virtue. For justice is specified with the other virtues, according to Wisdom 8.7. She teacheth temperance and prudence, and justice and fortitude. Now the general is not specified or reckoned together with the species contained under the same general. Therefore, Justice is not a general virtue. Objection to. Further, as justice is accounted a cardinal virtue, so are temperance and fortitude. Now neither temperance nor fortitude is reckoned to be a general virtue. Therefore, neither should justice in any way be reckoned a general virtue. Objection 3. Further, justice is always towards others, as stated above in Article 2. But a sin committed against one's neighbor cannot be a general sin, because it is condivided with sin committed against oneself. Therefore, neither is justice a general virtue. On the contrary, the philosopher says in Ethics 5.1 that Justice is every virtue. I answer that justice, as stated above in Article 2, directs man in his relations with other men. Now this may happen in two ways. First, as regards his relation with individuals. Secondly, as regards his relations with others in general, insofar as a man who serves a community serves all those who are included in that community. Accordingly, justice in its proper acceptation 
can be directed to another in both these senses. Now it is evident that all who are included in a community stand in relation to that community as parts to a whole, while a part, as such, belongs to a whole, so that whatever is the good of a part can be directed to the good of the whole. It follows, therefore, that the good of any virtue, whether such virtue direct man in relation to himself or in relation to certain other individual persons, is referable to the common good, to which justice directs. So that all acts of virtue can pertain to justice, insofar as it directs man to the common good. It is in this sense that justice is called a general virtue. And since it belongs to the law to direct the common good, as stated above in the Pars Prima Secundae, question 90, article 2, it follows that the justice, which is in this way styled general, is called legal justice, because thereby man is in harmony with the law which directs the acts of all the virtues to the common good. Reply to Objection 1. Justice is specified or enumerated with the other virtues, not as a general, but as a special virtue, as we shall state further on in Articles 7 and 12. Reply to Objection 2. Temperance and fortitude are in the sensitive appetite, notably in the concupiscible and irascible. Now these powers are appetitive of certain particular goods, even as the senses are cognitive of particulars. On the other hand, justice is in the intellective appetite as its subject, which can have the universal good as its object, knowledge whereof belongs to the intellect. Hence justice can be a general virtue rather than temperance or fortitude. Reply to Objection 3. Things referable to oneself are referable to another, especially in regard to the common good. Wherefore legal justice, insofar as it directs to the common good, may be called a general virtue, and in like manner, injustice may be called a general sin. Hence it is written in 1 John 3.4 that all sin is iniquity. Sixth article, whether justice, as a general virtue, is essentially the same as all virtue. Objection 1. It would seem that justice, as a general virtue, is essentially the same as all virtue. For the philosopher says in Ethics 5.1 that virtue and legal justice are the same as all virtue, but differ in their mode of being. Now things that differ merely in their mode of being, or logically, do not differ essentially. Therefore, justice is essentially the same as every virtue. Objection to. Further, every virtue that is not essentially the same as all virtue is a part of virtue. Now the aforesaid justice, according to the philosopher, in Ethics 5.1, is not a part 
but the whole of virtue. Therefore, the aforesaid justice is essentially the same as all virtue. Objection 3. Further, the essence of a virtue does not change through that virtue directing its act to some higher end, even as the habit of temperance remains essentially the same, even though its act be directed to a divine good. Now it belongs to legal justice that the acts of all the virtues are directed to a higher end, namely, the common good of the multitude, which transcends the good of one single individual. Therefore, it seems that legal justice is essentially all virtue. Objection 4. Further, every good of a part can be directed to the good of the whole, so that if it be not thus directed, it would seem without use or purpose. But that which is in accordance with virtue cannot be so. Therefore, it seems that there can be no act of any virtue that does not belong to general justice, which directs to the common good. And so it seems that general justice is essentially the same as all virtue. On the contrary, the philosopher says in Ethics 5.1 that many are able to be virtuous in matters affecting themselves, but are unable to be virtuous in matters relating to others. And in Politics 3.2 that the virtue of the good man is not strictly the same as the virtue of the good citizen. Now the virtue of a good citizen is general justice whereby a man is directed to the common good. Therefore, general justice is not the same as virtue in general, and it is possible to have one without the other. I answer that. A thing is said to be general in two ways. First, by predication. Thus, animal is general in relation to man and horse, and the like. And in this sense, that which is general must needs be essentially the same as the things in relation to which it is general, for the reason that the genus belongs to the essence of the species, and forms part of its definition. Secondly, a thing is said to be general virtually. Thus, a universal cause is general in relation to all its effects, the sun, for instance, in relation to all bodies that are illumined or transmuted by its power. And in this sense, there is no need for that which is general to be essentially the same as those things in relation to which it is general, since cause and effect are not essentially the same. Now, it is in the latter sense that, according to what has been said in Article 5, legal justice is said to be a general virtue, inasmuch, to wit, as it directs the acts of the other virtues to its own end, and this is to move all the other virtues by its command. For just as charity may be called a general virtue insofar as it directs the acts of all the virtues to the divine good, so too is legal justice 
insofar as it directs the acts of all the virtues to the common good. Accordingly, just as charity, which regards the divine good as its proper object, is a special virtue in respect of its essence, so too legal justice is a special virtue in respect of its essence, insofar as it regards the common good as its proper object. And thus it is in the sovereign principally and by way of a mastercraft, while it is secondarily and administratively in his subjects. However, the name of legal justice can be given to every virtue, insofar as every virtue is directed to the common good by the aforesaid legal justice, which, though special essentially, is nevertheless virtually general. Speaking in this way, legal justice is essentially the same as all virtue, but differs therefrom logically, and it is in this sense that the philosopher speaks. Wherefore, the replies to the first and second objections are manifest. Reply to Objection 3 This argument, again, takes legal justice for the virtue commanded by legal justice. Reply to Objection 4 Every virtue, strictly speaking, directs its act to that virtue's proper end that it should happen to be directed to a further end, either always or sometimes, does not belong to that virtue considered strictly, for it needs some higher virtue to direct it to that end. Consequently, there must be one supreme virtue essentially distinct from every other virtue, which directs all the virtues to the common good. And this virtue is legal justice. End of question 58, part 1. Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.